This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I don't think he's the right midfielder, but that will come as and when we're playing against certain opposition. But I will pass I'm, I'm now going to back off. I'm now going to back <laughs> on to that because no, there's no doubt that Casper Denore is a better player than Billy Mitchell. There's no doubt that if Ryan Leonard plays centre midfield, he would be a better player than Billy Mitchell. The fact that I try to make a point of is that Billy Mitchell is severely underrated for certain things that we want to do. Now, Mitchell yesterday was absolutely outstanding. Because he's off the ball work. And when he got on the ball, he broke the play up. He stretched it. He won three kicks. Mitchell did what Harris wants him to do. And that was the point that I tried to make on the last pod. That I think Mitchell is severely underrated in this system, in what we want to do under Neil Harris. Now, Casper Denore is such a better technical player. And as Stephen said, you go to Rotherham away and you want to go after teams. You want someone like Casper in there. But when you need off the ball work, and you need discipline, positional awareness, and you need someone to do the hard job, the stuff that no one else wants to do, Billy Mitchell is up for that. And like I said, he will be a big, big feature in Harris's team in these last 12 weeks. And after yesterday, absolutely justified, because for me, he was one of the best players on the pitch. Him and George Savile in midfield, I thought they they held that central midfield so well. They were disciplined. They kept their positional shape, which forced Southampton wide. And when their chances came, they were, they were committed with it and they got us up the field. That's not to say that Billy Mitchell is a bad player either. Not saying that he's not the best player, but he is underrated. Billy Mitchell is not a bad footballer. It's the certain systems that you put him in make him a better fit than other players that we got. I don't think Casper Denore could have played 90 minutes and done what Billy Mitchell did yesterday. You can slander me in the chat for that as much as you want, and I'll take it, but I don't think Casper Denore could have done that. Now, you want to attack teams like Watford on Saturday at home, you might well see Casper Denore. And he will do a very good job in the situation that Harris will put us in to go and attack teams. But when you need to sit away from home and you need to stick 10 men behind the ball and say, come and beat us, there isn't anybody better other than Savile and Mitchell in that midfield. And it was proven yesterday. You're going to see Mitchell away from home and you'll probably see Casper Denore at home. It's going to be, as Stephen said, Different setups for the opponent, for different styles of play, for playing at home, for playing at away, 
it's going to be different. The mentality, the way we want to play won't change, but personnel will based on how we want to play. But Billy Mitchell has got a massive, massive part to play in this. And I feel some vindication that Billy Mitchell didn't fall on his ass and didn't make me look stupid because he, he deserves all the credit for yesterday. We have to give credit where it's due. Adam Barrett took slander. Tanganga took slander. Sarkic, who we'll come on to, took slander. Cooper did. But they all deserve the utmost credit for yesterday because every single one of them put a 10 out of 10 in terms of effort, not just performance. 100%. And Dan Riggs, I totally believe you. I totally agree with you, mate. I do honestly believe... Um, that Jay and Stephen have uh, been to Joe and, and got some of his spice, mate, because it's... Mate, you do not know how unbelievable hard work um, tonight has been. And it's not normally... Stephen is not normally like this. So, um, yeah, fuck me. If, if we've won a game, games, mate. We've, we've actually won a game. So Sets these two off. And, and, and so this is going to be exhausting before now and the rest of the season, mate. I think but I, I just want to know, so we've had, um, we've had Stephen's thoughts on, on Mitchell and Marfels. What's your thoughts then, Mick, on, on Mitchell? On I've Mitchell's always Because like you haven't really said much about Mitchell. I think Mitchell is solid. I think he's... I think the problem is, is that it's the same with um, with Danny Mack, is that if they play him slightly out or depend or... or want them to do things what they're not necessarily overconfident doing, then you don't get a good, you know, you don't get a good um, tune out of both of them. But once you play them in a position where they're comfortable and give them a game plan, what they're comfortable with, they smash it out of the park all the time. Billy is good as gold, but we, you know, we get so much shit sideways, Billy, this, that and the other, but, He's limited. There's, there's, there's no getting away from that. I understand that. Everyone understands that. Harris understands that. Billy Mitchell is limited in what he can do. But what he he's can not going to be do... In the premiership, is he? No, no, exactly. He's going to but be, what he can he, do, he's, he's, he's very good at. Billy Mitchell is still only 22 years old. He's still a kid. You know, he's still mm. developing as far as, as as far as I'm concerned in football terms. He's still developing. And yeah. Harris seems to, like he did last time, he gave him his shot last time, seems to get the best out of these type of players that may yeah. not be the best technically, yeah. may not set the world alight with skills or 40-yard passes, but they're yeah. really, really good at doing the stuff that no one else wants to do. Jimmy Abdu was very, very good at it. You know, Lee Gregory was fantastic off the ball. He's, he made Premier League runs off the ball. Like, there's certain players that Harris really, really can get a tune out of because they are basic footballers. And you give them a basic task of just being positionally sound, disciplined, and just have the fitness levels and the mentality. Harris will get tunes out of you. Other managers can't do that. Totally agree. So, um, go on, Stephen, off you go. I, I, I said what I needed to about Billy Mitchell. As I say, he was excellent yesterday, and I can't fault him. And he, he showed all the all the spirit to, of a of a midfielder. Going to Sarkis, you know, I want to touch on the rest of the players. I want to touch on the players. What you know, what what was the massive apart from Harris, but you know, the change. But I mean, Sarkic. Sarkic is again a confidence player. I think you know if he if. If he has someone who believes in him, then he'll go out and perform. I mean, I could have quite happily potentially seen that game go, could have gone and, you know, we could have gone a 2-0 possibly on that game. I mean, you know, the save, what Sarkic was pulling, he wouldn't have pulled off those saves the, the game before. 
I don't buy into that personally because I think Sarkis, I think he's made some good saves since he's been with the club. It's just that he's been overshadowed by the mistakes that he's made. There was a save uh, earlier on in the season, uh, really early on in the season. It might have been Stoke at home who we beat. He made a save right at the end, which was outstanding. Um, saved the penalty yeah, right at on Birmingham. Top of him. Yeah. yeah, saved the penalty at, um, yeah. at, at Birmingham. So I don't buy into that he wouldn't have made those saves a week ago. It's just that I thought he was harshly criticised for the first goal. I get it's close to him, but everyone's taught that at football you head the ball down. And and it was it was right at the floor. I don't think he can be blamed for it. I think it was just a good ball and a good header. And his save in the second half was absolutely superb. We've seen it from him. He just needs to be a bit more consistent. And maybe, maybe if he's not going to have his defenders give the ball away and face more and more shots on goal, like what he had done under Joe Edwards and and, and all the pressure that was we were building on ourselves, maybe he'll look a little bit better. But um, and, you know, maybe he needs to be a bit confident coming for the ball. But in terms of actually making saves, I think he's got it in his locker. We just needed him at the right time yesterday and we got that. Yeah, yeah but the oh, week I, before, I right. he could have got his hand to that court, that ball that went in the left-hand corner. He could have pretty much got his hand to it and didn't. But yesterday, he pretty much pulled off the same save and got his hand to it. Yeah, but I'll, that, I'll, every keeper, sorry, Jay, every goalkeeper right. in world football will make a save and then the next week not make a save. I, I just, I think people have been blinded by the mistakes that he's made. If you look at some of our games and some of the saves he has made in games, they're very, very good. It's just they get overshadowed by when mistakes happen. You've been slagging him off for the last few weeks. Yeah, I have, because as I said, the mistakes are leading to goals and they're costing us points. But if you look back, it's not that he's a bad goalkeeper. It's just that when he makes a mistake, it leads to a goal and everyone gets on his back. Yesterday, he didn't really make a mistake for me. And he's won us, he earned us, well, I don't want to say he won us the game because it was the players in front of him as well. But you can't just say, oh, he doesn't make that save two weeks ago because he has made those saves. It's just... When a mistake happens and you're a goalkeeper, you get hammered for it. That's just the way it is. No, I get that. I, I, get I that. think Can I just put something in the comment, please? Can people put in the comments if we should ban stimulants for the for the panel from next show onwards? Um, please. So yeah, carry on, carry on. You off, off you go, off you go, off you go. I I agree with Steve. I I don't think Tarkic is a bad keeper at all. Keepers are very much like strikers. They're they're confidence built. You know, and if your defence in front of you um, is playing sound and dealing with everything in front of you, it's less for you to concentrate on. And you can deal with the shots coming in and you can deal with the crosses coming in. But we've been so bad defensively. It's been a whole sale of errors that has led to bad defending and bad goalkeeping. Now, Sarkic has made some great saves in the past. He's made some mistakes. He'll make more great saves and he'll make more mistakes over these next 12 weeks. But yesterday, you saw a lot more confidence in the back four, which allowed Sarkic to be a lot more confident in himself as well because we defended corners very well. We defended the cross very well. The crosses were coming in for 90 minutes, you know, and and that goal that, that went in, for Southampton's equaliser, it was right on top of him. You could argue he should have saved it and, and you know, it was a bit tedious. But overall, we won the game and he made a massive save to keep us in, to keep us with the lead. And that's what games are built on, big moments. He made he had a big moment, which ultimately helped us retain three points and walk away with three points. So 
Sarkic has deserved the slander he's got. He's had a lot of injuries. He's been in and out. He's had um, some confidence issues. But that's been the whole defence as a whole. And I think yesterday they were a lot more confident in each other. The defenders were a lot more confident in Sarkic. Sarkic was a lot more confident in his defence. And hopefully we'll see a lot more rounded play over the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I, I agree with that. And pause. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Mate, the amount of comments that are coming in, people texting me going, fuck me, mate. You normally go on, you normally talk for everything. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's happened to Stephen tonight. He's he's normally fairly <laughs> mild managenitor sort of type person. And then tonight it's it's been thingy, but yeah, hey ho, it's um yeah, it's um it, it's it's good. Right, before we go on to the players, um, and I think we will, um what can I say? I don't know, mate. Um I would I want to address before we go back onto the players and then look ahead going forward, but what is it with this fascination about West Ham? I mean, it was just um, Chris Brown. I've caught up with the comments of piss off. Um, what is it with this West Ham thing? Uh, it, it's you had Weird. people in the Southampton. I mean, they're on our YouTube. There's people in the West Ham showing us West Ham badges. You see them on the on the footage and wearing West Ham shirts. I mean. Some of those Southampton fans, mate, are more confused than fucking Scooby Doo. Do you know what I mean? It's just fucking what the fuck? They, they had a meltdown. Mean? They had a meltdown, and uh, it ain't, they ain't the first team to sing West Ham chants or. And it won't be the last. Riled, no, and they won't be the last, and and they try to just rile the away fans up and get under our skin a little bit. If anything, it thrives us on. It makes us be louder. We respond to it in a more positive way. They're just idiots. They think it affects us, but it really doesn't. If anything, it's, it's laughable for us. Do you know what I mean? It's it's pathetic from from their no, standpoint. No, that's it. That's it. Um, I'll come back to that in a bit, John. I'll, I'll give you a breakdown on that. So yeah. Um, right then, gents, we're quite with the chat. Whew. Um. So what happened then yesterday? we with the players yesterday. They looked like I said earlier. They looked like they were a completely different 11. Um, they just, mate, they, I've got no idea why for the last two, three weeks, they looked um, completely different. I just think they looked as if they couldn't really give a fuck. And then yesterday, it looked completely different. Yes, I understand that there is obviously the Harris effect, but there's got to be more to it than than that, surely. A lot more to it in there. I, I just belief. He, he's installed belief into these players, and he's he's got them playing ways that suit them, suit their skill set, um, that suit the club. Um, I think that's literally all it is because it's not. He hasn't been training with them or working on this style, or he hasn't improved the fitness over two days, someone said in the comments about how fit we looked. It's just a mentality and a belief that he's installed over over the next couple of days. I think that's all it is, because you believe in yourself, you can do anything, can't you? And he, he's a he's a great um, person to to install them beliefs in, in the players that we have at the club. Um, 
our mentality from fans and from how we want to see our club perform. I think he's just installed that in them. And it didn't take much. It looked like it didn't take much. But understandably, it looks worlds different from what Edwards and what Raul was installing in the players. Harris is a Millwall man. He just installed a Millwall belief and the players have bought into it. They, they, all they've done is bought into what Harris wants. But why though? Why couldn't they do that on their own on, on their own before? I think Hard it's because to they were asked. I think it's because they were asked to do something that they knew that they weren't able to do. Yeah. And they were constantly being asked to do something they couldn't do. Like if you were if, I don't know, if you worked as a I don't know, as a bricklayer and one day he was asked to go and do brain surgery, you'd be you'd be way out of, you'd be way out of um yeah. uh you know, you wouldn't have a clue what you're doing. I know they're professional footballers, but certain players play a certain way. You know, none of our players get into the Man City team because the, the, the yeah, quality but none of the, the players football. Just, none of the players yesterday played any real different apart from they had something about them. Well, but positional was as a well. Completely, it's a completely. We we didn't play anywhere near like we did yesterday in any of the games under Joe Edwards. No. Nothing. They, Joe Edwards would never ever. He will never in his managerial career set up a team like Neil Harris did yesterday. Not a chance. It's completely no. different, and that's that's and that's and maybe. And we were saying this, maybe Edwards should have tried to go back to what the players were good at and what made them fairly successful under Gary Rowett. Neil Harris has done it and got a result. It's yeah. not To me, but, it's not a coincidence. Yeah, a lot of it as well is he's playing people in the positions they're meant to play in. The only one that is probably exempt from that was Danny McNamara because he played him at left-back, although he played it in the week before. But you had Zian in the 10. You had Savile and Billy in that holding <laughs> midfield role. You had a winger in Longman played a game a sole striker, and you had Lenny at right back, which he's thrived very well at, not just as a third centre-half with Tanganga and Cooper. You had two centre-halves, and they all knew what they had to do in their roles. And it was it was just simple. It was basic football. It was go out there, defend as a team, have this mentality that we're not going to give up, and ask them to come and beat us. It, it's just basic football. No, it was all mentality. It. it was all mentality and self-belief. Because he was on yeah. the sideline installing it for 90 minutes, pointing to his head, telling the players, come on, keep your head up. This this game ain't over. We need to keep going. He got them over the line. And that, that's all it was. It was a pure effort-based result. Yeah. I just I, I just find it, yeah, it is a changed mindset, Malcolm. I just think that it's, um, I'll come back to that one, actually. We'll come to that one first. Is Joe Edwards finished now? No, I don't, no. I don't with a with a proper men's team. I mean, do you think? No. He, I, I don't think he'd get a championship team, though. No, but he's, he's going to do what Neil Harris did and drop down the divisions, or Steve Morrison and start in non-league and or or down in League Two, and then build yeah. himself back up that way and build his his career again. He's not finished. Edwards. No way. Edwards should go to Cambridge. Gary Rowe is the favourite for that job. And fair really? play to him because Rowett will get another Yeah, Gary is favourite for that job. Well, he'll get another job because he's a good manager. He, he was a good manager for us. Anyone thinks he wasn't is, you know, he's blinded. He was a good manager for us. Stabilised oh, us. The, the, he's well just been a bit of a prick since he's left. With yeah, all yes. these and everything else. So we, we got fed up with that. We could we put up with his football because mm. we was getting results 
and we we was thriving at the top half of the championship and almost made the playoffs. You you can play that football when it works. Neil Harris, his style of football yesterday, is going to please us as long as it works. It is when it stops working, that's when we start getting our team four lats on. We want to see more attacking football. We want to, you know, we're not scoring enough goals. And you start analysing it from a negative point of view rather than the positives that come with playing that style of football. That's all it was with Rowett. It just ran its course. The players were tired of it and it was time for a change. Not many managers are in a job for as long as Rowett was in. The players change just as much as managers now. You know, mm. you, you rarely see a manager in charge for longer than two years now. If you do, they're, they're very successful football clubs. You know, so we've not really been a club of hiring and firing. Um, we, we've we've always been pretty loyal to managers over the last few years before Rowett and before Aris. It, it was a bit of turmoil, and this season has been a bit of turmoil. But we'll put up with it as long as we're getting the results. Because Rowett was a good manager; he was one of our better managers. But yeah, yeah he deserves another job. He, he will get another job as well because someone out there will benefit from his style of play. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think he, I think he will to a degree. But yeah, I think it's what happens with him over the next eighteen months, I suppose, isn't it? Is he humble enough? That's the thing, isn't it? To drop down. Yeah, and that's the problem. He is, um, yeah, I don't know, but we'll see. So yeah, let's get through some of these. Um, the monk chant is the best in the world. I think it, it is. I mean, but it was, you know, someone else said it was a. Allegedly a true part, but it's, it's changed. But yeah, it's, it's been around for a while, and it's it. I think it was more just to, it just out it just outpains the opposition. You know, it's just a very simple droll drone. Um, and if you read up on the Southampton forums, they fucking hated it so much so mm. that people were saying it was getting to them really badly. They. They just hated it, um, which I think it's great, especially when it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. So, yeah. Joe, I'm not putting that comment up, fella. That's not very nice. Can you see the comment, Stephen, from Joe, the last second to last one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Watford, that's a good point there. Watford would suit Rowett after they lose next week, obviously. Yeah, probably. Nah, they any, team looking for stability, any team looking for stability to just have the, the ships to not start sink, to not keep sinking, sorry. Rowett is a perfect manager for that. He'll stabilise any club. He won't take you to the promised land, but he will keep you sure. He will stop the rot and, and he'll allow, he'll build you a platform for the future. He done it with us. You know, he, he was good at Birmingham. Stoke didn't go so well, but, you know, he, he, he's good at these sort of clubs. He, he, he will stabilise teams. But Watford are a club that want to get back into the Premier League. They think they're better yeah. than the Premier than yeah, the Championship. Yeah, so I don't think Rowett's the right man for that. No, but perhaps then Watford need to change their mentality as well because it hasn't worked out for them. Mm. They've they've gone through managers like I've gone through Red Bull this evening. Mm. You know, so it's um yeah, that they need to change their mentality probably because they're they're not a very good outfit at the minute. I think that falls into a lot of clubs in a division. I mm. think Stoke are a prime example of that. I think Stoke are that we it's an obvious statement they've dropped into the bottom three. They are they are real in real, real trouble. But 
they they believe because they're in the Premier League, what six seven years ago, whatever it was, that they shouldn't be down the bottom of the league and they should be competing no. for the top six. And that's yeah. and that's what happens. You get swallowed up if you don't yeah, get out of it. Yeah. Poorly ran. Sometimes man, sometimes teams as well, they they make the jump too early to sack a manager. It is a results based business, even more so now. The last few years, managers really only get ten games. If, yeah. if you are not in the if you're not in the positive win common after ten games, fans want you out, and the fans hold so much now with teams, especially hard hardened sort of old school clubs like Stoke, like Millwall, like Birmingham yeah. City. These old school clubs with proper fans, when they start turning, it turns it turns really really bad, and managers don't get a lot of time now. Whether that's a good thing or not. You know, it remains to be seen, but it's it's a results based business. We all know that it's happened with us now this season. Joe Edwards, you know, that seven game um, losing streak or not winning streak, he fell on the sword for it. Teams yeah. have to act just to, not because they want to, but because they have to keep up with the pack. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I totally completely right. Just while we've got a break in it, and listen, I don't mean to tell to stop you two. Stephen seems to have run out of juice by now. All, all of a sudden, I say. Whoa, take a breath. He's, he's now seems to be, oh, you, don't stop. It's just, it's it, it's very... Mate, I'm trying to make your job a little different. bit easier. You can, you can have comments. a breath. You can get through I'm the comments. Right. I'll make... I'm, right. make... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Your life a little bit comments. easier, mate. I was going through the comments and, yeah, it's uh, it's rest easy, Fender. So, yeah. Right, we're just going to do this Twitter draw um, the other day for these um, bomber comments. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just thought we're just... Do this draw on here. Let me just share the screen. Where are we? We're going to go on to that one now. Do that one. And there we go. Right. 14 people retweeted it. Not below, so that's all right. But we still play it by thingy. 10 people will win. I'm going to be one of the people because I retweeted so, it to try and get it shared. So far, there is James Lee, uh, Stuss. Duffy69, Chris Brown, Shirley Lumley, uh, Darren Downs, Terry Lines, Raw79, David Stanley, Mark Barrett, <laughs> Stephen Jones is one, um, Andrew Fleming and uh, and Ben um, Webster. Oh, no, sorry. Mark Bennett has, um, has been rejected because you don't follow. So, um, yeah, there you go. So... We will he can have mine. Keep that there. And that is it. Reply with winners. Let's have all of them. So that, that's all 
what done and dusted. Um, there we go. I think a it. point that was raised multiple times and we haven't really spoke about him was Michael Obafemi from uh, yeah, yeah, crack yesterday's, on. yesterday's performance. Now, I didn't actually think, and I might get some pelters for this, I don't think he was as bad as what people made him out to be because I don't think he's the hold up. He, I think he's more of an in behind running onto a pass to try and get a shot on goal in and around the box as well. He obviously won us the penalty with the, the, the snapshot. I don't think his game suits being back to goal 60 yards from the, from the opposition's goal. And I, that I did feel a little bit sorry for him. Um, there have been reports. There was a comment earlier that um, his family were in the ground yesterday, most notably his brother, I believe, who had said to some supporters that he had actually been really poorly. The illness was actually true. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a made up thing. It wasn't that he couldn't be bothered. So maybe there's there's a case for him to have a little bit more time. But I, I felt sorry for him. The only thing I didn't like was that he did have a bit of a scrap with, or look not not obviously too much, but with Fleming over the penalty. He yeah. wanted the penalty and Fleming told him no and he, he got a little bit of the ump with it. But Fleming argues even then, everyone over penalties, doesn't he? Yeah, but Fleming's a penalty taker. It, it, that to me, that that should just, you know, you there was an incident the other day, weren't there, where two players, it might have been Liverpool or Arsenal, they did rock, paper, scissors to decide who was going to take the penalty and oh. the manager said, the manager went, I'll have a word with them at the end because that's not right. Um but yeah, but yeah, Fleming and Nesbitt had a row, didn't they, over it before? Yeah, um, Connor's just put a message in. Fleming ever missed a penalty. He had one save this season at um, West Brom, I believe, in the nil-nil. Yeah, um, so, yeah, I, I just think Obafemi. I think he'll be okay. He does look a little bit like he was. He's been struggling and and perhaps not full fully fit, but. The big thing at the end of the game, he was one of the players. He was in his tracksuit. He come over, he clapped. He was part of the celebration. So whatever you might think of him and whether he perhaps didn't have a, a great game, he still was bought, clearly looked like he's bought into the Harris um, yeah. to the Harris uh, uh, style I of thought, management. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought Oberfemi played well. I don't think he played bad. I said earlier that um, if I was to have one sort of criticism of Oberfemi. I wanted him to drop a bit deeper because the one time he did drop deeper and try to hold the bob, he won a free kick, which yeah. got us up the field. Um, he's got that about him. He's physical. He's strong. You know, he's fast. He, he is suited better to running onto the ball. But I don't think, as you just said, it was anything to do with mentality or belief in what he's been asked to do. I think it was purely, look, he's, he's, had, he's not had a pre-season. He's not really featured for us yet either. And not even under Edwards, you know, he had a half hour at Coventry or forty-five minutes of Coventry. Um, he's been very, he's been unwell. So, you know, he, he he does need time to get back. We can't be overly critical of him. I want to see him do a little bit more pressing from the front. I thought he made Fleming do a lot more of the running, and I thought he dropped back a little mm. bit more. Bradshaw's probably better suited to what Harris wants to do on on that aspect, and I thought we pressed and pushed Southampton back a little bit more in that second half when he come on. But, yeah, he probably wasn't very well. We'd been ill all week, and he'd gone out there and and and, and give what he had to give for 45 minutes. And like you said, he was over there at the end clapping the fans. There's a little clip of him from the Millwall media where he's, he's put his thumb up and, mm. you know, he's had a cheeky wing. So he, he was obviously in a good mood, as you would get in a win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about Oberfemi or his performance. 
But if you wanted to be overly critical, just, you know, drop back a little bit further, try and hold that ball up a bit more, bring us into play. But if, if that's the only criticism that I can give over Femi, then he's had a pretty good day. You know, yeah, so, I, yeah, no, it, I, I just think he was unwell. I actually think with Oberfemi as well and, and Bradshaw, do you think that maybe the plan was all along to get ahead? They didn't get ahead the way that maybe Harris thought. He might have thought Oberfemi would get on the ch- got in the end of one chance, take it, and then you bring on Bradshaw in the second half to press and do the, the kind of donkey work, if yeah. you will, the leg work. I, that was something that I, I thought may have been the plan. It's just we went ahead a different way we obviously got the header yeah. and then the penalty and we and then and then Bradshaw come on but no I, I think as I say uh, as I said earlier Oberfemi and Longman were probably two that didn't do an awful lot but they they gave it everything and they did what they were asked yeah. to do and and but, I can't I don't think you can ask for as you said you can't ask for much more than that no really. I mean Long, Longman for the same reason as Oberfemi you know he'd been out he had that shoulder injury hadn't played much he probably has never played in this type of system where it's very physically demanding from a fitness and mentality standpoint. Oberfemi probably hasn't either, whereas Bradshaw has. <coughs> um, it may well have been a part of the Harris game plan to tire Southampton out, get the lead, and, and then have some fresh legs, some better pressing, some bit more pace and a bit more physicality from Bradshaw. Um, it could well have been part of the game plan, but I, I purely think it was just Longman and Oberfemi were the right subs to make at the right time because they probably give us everything that they had and they'll be better for it next week because they'll, they've will they got 45 under their belt or Longman had a bit longer. Um, they'll be fitter another week of training in the Harris regime to build that fitness and that stamina up. And Oberfemi is going to play a big part in this because there's a player there. There's definitely a player there. And I think Harris started him um, shows that Harris does really want Obafemi to be a part of it. Um, because if you're looking for press and to stretch it and to stretch the defenders and bring Fleming into play, you want to play Bradshaw all day long. But um, I w- Harris will probably play them both at the same time at some point. I expect to see some sort of 4-4-2 um, counter-attacking football out of Harris, maybe at home. So he's got to get these players fit. And the players that are going to play in the 12 weeks, so, Longman and Obafemi, are probably going to be a big part of that. So here's one for you. Where do you think Harris will play Amaku? Striker. He'll play him up yeah. front. I think the you're right what you said there, um, Jay, with the two up front. I think you'll see... And there was another point that come up just a minute ago. There was that we've got three games in seven days I think next week we play Saturday, Watford, Tuesday, Blackburn, and then wherever we are on the Saturday after. So if you're asking players to, to play and, and, and put in a lot of shift kind of work, you are going to need your squad. And I think Amaku will play as a striker. I really yeah. think Harris will want him on the on the shoulder of the defenders in that last 20 minutes to try and, you know, and, and give us an outlet as well. I think that was the other thing yesterday where we, we didn't have the outlet really yeah. with Bradshaw. It didn't quite work. But I think at home you'll see lots of balls in behind for Marku and, and Obafemi to, to chase on to. Yeah, he's, he's going to be an impact player, very much like Aidan O'Brien was to some extent. Under Harris, um, he, he started a lot of games, but Aidan O'Brien was that type of player as well to bring him on in the front line. He could play across the whole front line, which Imaku can as well. I just don't think, away from home especially, 
we'll see a lot of Amaku. It's why we saw George Honeyman on the right-hand side, because you need to be very defensive in midfield in this system, especially from the wingers, to give the full-backs a lot of cover. Amaku's very much an attacker. I don't think he's got much defending about him. Maybe from an experience standpoint, not through wanting to. But yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll see him play up front, maybe probably better suited in a two with a Bradshaw or Oberfemi, yeah. someone to thread him through, knock it on. Um, then, you, But then you sacrifice Fleming for that. Um, maybe Fleming would be better suited playing with a Marku up top. Someone who's a bit bigger can get the ball down and has got that technical ability to to play them sort of passes in. Um, but a Marku's going to have a, a, a role to play. They all are because this is a slog. You know, this type of football plays heavily on, on your fitness. Um, he's going to need everybody. And the fitness levels and the bench that we had on Saturday was definitely encouraging. It seems like we're getting on the healthy side towards the end of the season. Another few weeks might get Hutchinson back. Um, it was good to get Longman back. And Obafemi, like I said, get them 45. Denore coming on as well. He's been out injured, coming on and getting another few minutes. Um, I think we're looking pretty good on that standpoint. So, yeah, Harris is going to involve these players. Um, how and in what sort of um, situation he will tell. use them. Well, yeah, time will tell on that. And, and SA is exactly the same. I mean, again, that, that Alex, comment, S has put, Alex S has put, you know, is SA too lightweight for a, a Harris team, Stephen? I don't think he's too lightweight, but I think initially Harris knows that he needs to get some results to get the fans buzzing and he needs, we, you know, we need we need to pick up some points sooner rather than later. And I don't think he, he's going to want to put that pressure on, on Romain SA. I think touch wood if we win a couple of games and get ourselves out of out of this hole and, and a bit of a gap I think you might see a little bit more of him so Harris can have a look at him or at the end of games if you you know a couple of goals ahead I, I just think um right now Harris is going to be picking players based on who he believes can drag us over the line and I don't think Essay's that type of player he's more of a creative um flair type player that you need to be confident or further up the division I don't always totally buy agree. into. I don't always buy into that a hundred percent, but I think that's what Harris is going to do. Uh, Jonathan Fraser says, "I think we're Creswell and Keith and Moore away from promotion." Two amazing sides. I don't honestly think I said it on the on a, on a pod recently that if we signed Keith and Moore in January when we was meant to, I don't think Edwards. Edwards is probably still around because we probably pick up a few more results. He's the exact type of striker that we need. It's the exact type of striker that Harris likes to have in his side also. We had it with Matt Smith. We had it with Steve Morrison. And that is the perfect striker that I think in the summer we, we will go after. I think that's going to be a big focal point in getting that target, man. Yeah, getting the target man, but Kiefer Moore it won't be. I mean, London no, Lions is the same. I mean, Kiefer Moore's turned us down four times. He signed for nil, but he only signed for nil because it was for Cardiff, wasn't it? I think he. Yeah, 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 yeah but Matt Smith, we, we was we was after Matt Smith for years mm. before we come to us. I'd like to have got Matt Smith at least three years earlier than yeah. what we got him. Yeah. You know, we was after him for a few years, and and he turned us down and had big moves to Leeds United and so on. So I'm, I'm not too worried about whether players turn us down or not. Um, it's, it's when they get here, do they, do, do they perform like they want to be here? That's the main thing. What we need that is, type of striker. No, that's Sorry. it. What we need is someone like Mayo. We need another youngster like Mayo to suddenly become the new Gregory and Morrison. 
Yeah, uh, uh, that big man, short man is what we've always been successful with. Aris had it, you know, we had it with Danny Dicchio. You know, we've always had the, the bigger man up front with the little amount to run onto. Gregory and Morrison were very successful in that. Gary Alexander and Neil Harris were very successful in that. So Matt Smith was, you know, was was perfect in that as well. So it's a, it's a good thing to have when you need to have a plan B, when you're one nil down with a couple minutes to go, like we was say, at Cholton at home. Matt Smith comes on late, gets that late header. You you do need that as a plan B, but we've always had that, and it's a big part of what Harris wants to do and has done in the past. So I think that's a big focal point in the summer. We tried in January, so I think we'll go there again. I think we'll we'll make that a sort of a big focal point. I think as long with along with centre half as as he as he says there, someone like Creswell. No, that's it. That's it. I mean. Andrew Roberts says, uh, what does Harris do with players like Hutch and Cooper in the summer? Keep them because he knows what he's getting or get new centre-halves and build for the future? I don't think he really is thinking about that right now. I don't think no. I don't think they are. They, Mill have made this appointment to get us over the line. They're not thinking about the summer transfer window. Personally, I don't think having Neil Harris back is going to be a case of all the old boys get a contract. I really don't no. believe that to be the case. I think he'll offer, he may offer a couple out that Edwards might not have, i.e. Ryan Leonard, George Saville. Um, but I don't, I think it'd be a case of, you know, you've been long, to, you've been uh, long servants to the club, but now's the time to go, especially with Sean Hutchinson, because he's just yeah. not playing enough, which is a shame. It's a shame, but he's just not, no. he's just not playing enough. I yeah, totally I agree. Under, understand that completely. Well, gents, we've been going for about half hour or so now. Uh, half hour. We've been going for near enough an hour and a half. Um, Sorry, Mick. Just before you, there's one more comment coming, which is really important. Harris got rid of Dunn and Ford, so I think we'll see a few go. He has done that. He did that in the past. Alan Dunn had been at the club for 16 years. He played with Harris, good friends, and unfortunately he had to show him the door. So I don't think yeah. people are just assuming and, and reading too much into the old boys thing. I, I don't think it'd be a case of um, they all stay. I really don't. No, I don't, no I, I, I don't think the club can will be in a financial position to be able to do that either, especially no. if we go down. Um, if we stay up, you might get some team-friendly deals from some of these players, which might make sense, and more so if we went down, sorry. But if we stay up, we, we need to look past that and we need to get younger. We need to get faster and fitter at the back, especially at the back. So I, I think the club knows that. I think Harris knows that. But I, I totally believe in what Harry said, that he's not thinking of the summer. Um, the club aren't thinking of the summer. The appointment was made not based on style of play, on uh, situational play and, you know, this attacking football. It was not based around that. This was purely, we're going to war for 13 weeks. Who is the best person we know that we can trust to get everything yeah. out of this out of these players that yeah. will fight to the end. And, and that was why Harris was appointed. It was nothing yeah. to do with football. I think in 18 months' time, as Sir Winston's there saying, you know, we'll be sat by Steve Morrison will be sat by the summer. <laughs> Harry convinces him to come out of retirement. I don't think he'd be coming out of retirement and playing because he just hasn't got the legs. But I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against in 18 months or so's time that potentially he will be the man to replace Harris as Mill manager. I think he possibly player to replace Edwards, I, who yeah. was who was here in time 
but I think that he needs to get the experience and I think he will he will be in a the manager. Thing that, the thing that scares that. me with Steve Morrison, the thing that scares me with him is his arrogance. Um, the way he comes across sometimes is very alienating. He did alienate the fans a little bit at times. You know, when when the play, when the fans wrongfully ran on the pitch at Bradford, you know, he was a bit, you know, he, he was, sort of went was, after us a little bit. No, I think that was a masterstroke because what he did is that the press were going to, with that, because, again, it was a, a period where I was obviously fairly close to the club, but I don't like talking about it, so I'm not going to, you know, say too much on that. But he was... Um, he that was a masterstroke because the press were going to run with that, and the fact that he just said it, and all of a sudden it was all about him <laughs> and his comment rather than yeah. the media being able to turn it. It, <laughs> it just it just turned it, and he's a clever uh, uh, media wise. He's quite switched on. I mean, he's yeah, oh, I've got I've got no doubt he probably is, and and he he may have had his own narrative for for why he said that. I just think that he is quite an arrogant bloke. I don't think he'll always say some of the things that, like Harris says, Harris is very um, upbeat and leads from the front and, you know, gets everyone inside. I think Morrison will cause some disruption with the fans and I think he will be yeah. very arrogant with his management style. And if we start questioning him, I think he's the type to blow I off a little bit, you know. And Yeah, you know, I get that. I mean, Justin Peach made me laugh earlier on Twitter. Justin Peach is... Um, one half of second tier, second tier football, but he wasn't brave enough to post it on the second tier football Twitter account, so he posted it on his own, calling Steve Morrison a cock. And I retweeted, I, I replied back to it and said, "Yeah, you wouldn't fucking dare say that to his face." But no, no one it, would, was about, it was about a Millwall interview. It was about a meal. It was about an interview. And the journalist was what was asking the questions, didn't really seem to know what he was talking about. And over a penalty, Steve, wasn't it? Yeah, and Steve Steve Morrison will just rip you apart, you know, he'll just be like, fuck you on about, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he did. And that don't make him a cock, that just makes him, you know, at the end of the day, he just doesn't put up with fucking idiots. So I thought it was quite funny to be fair. So yeah. Um, yeah, look, everyone's got to learn their trade, didn't they? And Sutton, yeah, he might not be doing very well with Sutton, <coughs> but he, he's got to learn his trade. He's got to learn from his mistakes, as as Aris would have done. Edwards will from Millwall, yeah. you know. I'm Edwards will learn from his stint at Millwall. Yeah, Rowett did. So. All managers do. Um, no, I've got no it. doubt, like you, Mickey, that he probably will end up in the hot seat at Millwall in in the future in some yeah, capacity, probably as the manager. Um, I don't think that will be in the near future. Personally, I do think the club still want to go down the Joe Edwards type route in terms of bringing the club into the modern game. I do think that's the, the direction the club still want to go. But mm. in the meantime, we, we can't think like that. That's too far down the road. Although only be it only 13 weeks down the road, 12 weeks down the road is still it. long enough down the road where we just got to focus on the now. And that's what the club have done. That's what Harris is going to do. And as fans, that's what we've got to do because we don't know what's going to happen in 12 weeks. No, that's it completely and utterly. Um, yeah, I think we're pretty much done, gents. Um, final words, Stephen? Uh, it's been nice to be able to do a show for the first time in seven weeks that we've actually won a game. So um, maybe maybe if uh, we Good don't afternoon. win next week, uh, it might be um, a little less wordy. But uh, it's nice to celebrate a win. Yeah, no, 
Yeah, I agree with that to the part, but yeah, no, that's fine. Um, Jay, any final words, fella? Yeah, look, we, you know, we've all got our opinions. You know, this this is what this this show's about. You know, we 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 debate. Um, not we're not always right. We don't always agree, but we need to stick together. We've got twelve weeks left. We need to pack the den on Saturday. We need to make it fucking horrible. We need to get behind Harris, whatever your thoughts are on him. Get behind the players. They've shown that they're ready to fight for us. So let's show that we're ready to fight with them to the end. We've got 12 weeks. Let's get it. Let's stay up and stay together. No, that's it. Fuck off, Malcolm. More comments quick. No, shut up, shut up. So, um, yeah. That's it then for another show. Um, we'll be back um, with a, a pre-record probably this week before our game against Watford. And uh, if you've not checked it out yet, check out Chat with Chaps, uh, which is on our YouTube channel now. It'll be out as a podcast on Tuesday. This show will be out tomorrow, split over two um, on tomorrow morning. Oh. So, uh, yeah, if... Uh, if you want these as a podcast and listen back, then you can listen to that in the morning. Um, and that's pretty much it for another week. We'll be back next Friday at eight o'clock. Uh, I'm already getting on the phone now to the Colombian to keep up with these two. So uh, we'll be having it next weekend. So I will no doubt leave you with our new intro. And uh, yeah, thanks very much for joining us. Welcome, Millwall fans. It's now 9pm. For the next 90 minutes, this is your fully interactive Millwall fan show. We analyse the matches, wins, losses. We feel it all together. That Sunday Night Live is your show. We're the panel that speaks the truth. Opinions blaze, debates ignite. This is that Millwall podcast. Giddy up and giddy up and get away. Oh, we're going Millwall. How you going today? Here we go. We're rocking all over Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.